Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. <laughs> needs to be fired, I'm afraid. We're about to play a game of MLB on PlayStation, and he said he was about to come over here, so apparently he's not coming over here. Shooter Jennings, huh? Is that what this is? Shooter Jennings, yeah. Flying isn't something you can find time for. It's more something you have to make time for. We pulled nine and a half Gs, which was a lot for me. Uh, it's about all I could handle, but I'm glad I did it. Well, welcome to Wednesdays with Dale Jr. here from the Big Oak Table. I'm Steve Latart. We have Jeff Burton, as you can tell, special guest Chase Elliott, and it wouldn't be Wednesdays with Dale without <laughs> Dale. So uh, it's going to be a fun show. If you have a question for Chase or any of the esteemed members of the panel here, I use that very, very <laughs> fluidly, send it in with hashtag Wednesdale, and we'll pick some of those questions for later in the show. So listen, it's Wednesdays with Dale, so you're in charge. What do you got for us? Well, I'm thinking the only way to get Chase to open up to talk about things that he likes. And one thing that I know that he likes is the Braves. Oh, Braves right. have yeah, a pretty good year. Yeah. So I'm kind of a closet Braves fan. I don't watch hey, baseball unless they're doing good. I like to I watch that. the Braves. <laughs> Wait a second. My so dad, you, you so, only... So he's, you, a, he's a bandwagon fan. You actually that's called a that a bandwagon fan. That is not a bandwagon fan. I agree. That is a bandwagon Is it a bandwagon fan if you only watch when your team yeah, does y'all well? Y'all tweet us yes, in that. that would be a bandwagon fan. I agree. That is a person that only cheers for that team when they do well. No, That's what you're doing. That's what you just said. Okay. I mean, you, just, you just took the same sentence and flipped it. I like the Braves, but I All don't right. watch unless they're unless doing they're well. Unless they're doing good. Yeah. So okay. apparently if they're doing good, you must be in a, having a good year then. Yes. So how good. are they, they going to make? They're pretty are good. They? I, uh, I feel like they have a lot of potential. They have a lot of young talent. Um, you know, I think there's parts of their game that is not the best, but they have, uh, they have potential. They've, they've, what I don't understand with the Braves is, you know, sometimes they'll have a great night and they'll win – just by a massive number, and then they'll get. Is that not how the, the Braves night. have been for the last 30, 40 years? Ever <laughs> no. since I've been watching. No, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. I feel like this is a different. This is a different team right now, and I think they have a true opportunity to progress into something really good. Yeah. I, I actually believe that. They're young. Yeah. Yeah. So, so things he likes. We can talk about things. So, what's your opinion of the Hooters girls? The Hooters girls. I do well. First off, I like girls, and I also like Hooters. So. It's two great combinations <laughs> for me. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so you came off, you're coming off of uh, Loudon and a stage win. Yeah. And you talked about after that race, or I don't know exactly when you commented this, but you were hoping that that wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Like, where do you guys need to get better? When you're out on the racetrack competing with, with teams that you think are strong teams right now, where are they beating you? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, and I, I, I say that I was. I was proud of the way we ran on Sunday, but you want to be able to do it consistently. And, and there's been times I felt like throughout the season where we've had good, we've had good weekends and we've, um, we've put together some good races. Um, I thought leading up to this weekend, Pocono, the first Pocono is probably our first race, but um, I, I think the biggest thing right now is, is keeping our cars turning. You know, it seemed like we were turning really well 
at the beginning portion of the race, um, it came pretty easy, you know, because that front turn was there. And I think is the VHT or whatever they call the sticky, sticky stuff, stuff. Yeah. is now wore off. Um, and the racetrack gained some rubber. I think that became more of a challenge for us like it typically is. That was a, not a normal racetrack condition. It had rained all morning. Nobody had been on the track. So you're talking a, a green racetrack, which is, you know, typically has more grip. Yeah. Cars turn a little better. And we had the sticky stuff on the racetrack. So I thought that kind of kind of covered up our issues that we typically fight, which uh, resulted in, you know, being further towards the front. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's a weekend specific. I want to talk about the year and kind of your role. I mean, we all know the driver, we get it, but we both spent so many years at Hendrick, a team that's used to winning and everyone has ups and downs. So in the situation the company's in currently, what is your role, Jimmy Johnson's role? Like, how does that get divvied up throughout yeah. the company? Like, are you there to build morale, just drive the race cars? I, I think a little bit of both. You know, I, I don't necessarily know that you want to just completely steer off course and, you know, do something completely different. Obviously, especially for Jimmy, the success he's had over the years. I mean, why why would you change who you are and what you do now? Um, he sent both of us to TV. Right. Basically, well, yeah. what we say. Yeah, so there you go. Fine. So, send me to TV too. Well, <laughs> he might be sending me to TV here before too long, but you know, I, I don't know. I, to answer your question, I don't really know that you change anything much. I think that you continue to do what you do. You believe in what you have going on, um, and you just try to try to fight for everything you can each week. And and if I do my job to the best of my ability, I have to believe that the next guy is doing his job to the, his to the best of his ability, and um, continue down the road that way. Just have confidence in the people that are around you because. I can't fix it by myself, and neither can the next person. So it's a it's a team effort to do so. So so was, I always felt like for me and watching other people race as well, like the second year is hard. Like to, it seems to me the second year when you make that big step is always harder for mm -hmm. some reason. But has this year because the you know you haven't performed the way I think you guys thought you would perform and the way everybody thought you'd perform has this year actually been harder? Yeah, I think this year has probably been. I would say probably the toughest year so far to to the summer months uh, that that I've had in the Cup Series. You know, uh, we ended last season on such a high note. I know, well, kinda. We were running really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't end obviously the way we wanted, but you know, we started those last ten. We hit. I feel like we hit our stride at the right time. Um, ran second a bunch. You know, in the last, which isn't what you want, but it was <laughs> it was good runs, and yeah. we were not in those positions by luck. And I think that's the big thing. So uh, ended on a real high note. I was really excited coming into the year and really felt like we were going to have things going. And sometimes you just don't. And, and I think you just have to trust in what you have going on and, and know that things do go in cycles and you have to ride them. Uh, things go in cycles. That's it. Like the Braves. Yeah. I like that. That's what I think. I think things go in cycles. What was, what was once good can become bad and then good again. And yeah. so... When I watch the company, you know, I see you guys together a lot on the timesheet. Yeah. You know, looks like as a company, y'all work really well together sharing information, and y'all's cars all run really similarly. Do you think once you guys, whatever the company's missing, should elevate all four teams all at once? I think so, for sure. And, you know, it seems like uh, we are, you know, together and around each other a lot, you know, during the races, and that's not by coincidence. That that's And that's in other companies, too. You, you see that. And... Um, I think that's just kind of a product of, you know, the same people building your race cars each week and having the same parts and pieces. Um, it's hard nowadays as the cars have become closer and closer together to have a defined advantage. And especially when you're in the same team as somebody, that yeah. defined advantage becomes even smaller. The, um, the, I was talking about on, on the show a couple of weeks ago, 
I'm not in there anymore in you know in the company seeing what's going on but I do know that you guys made a lot of changes not just with personnel which every team does every year but y'all made some physical changes to move the teams closer together can you yeah. explain to us and everyone watching on yeah. what those changes were and how they've affected the company and what the what the vision is going forward yeah well basically you know the the biggest thing that was happening is you know there are two main shop buildings there I'm sure as a lot of people know um, and you know before you had the nine the twenty four would have been in one building and the 48 and 88 were in the other building, basically, basically, just basically twice, basically squared, um, brought the two buildings together. You have all four cars in the same shop and really just allows the guys to, you know, be close together when they're setting up and on the setup plates and finishing their cars going to the racetrack each weekend um, to be right there next to each other. If you have a question or a guy next to you has a little more cross weight in his car, well, maybe you ask why, you know, I don't know, but... Um, just everybody's a little closer and, and, uh, there's a couple more facilities they added within the company to try to, um, just enhance our performance. At the end of the day, you're all trying to do these things to get better and that's what they're doing. So that's a good review, but let's look ahead, right? We just went through the tracks. We tried to name them all before the playoffs. When you look ahead at the schedule, the summer, I love the variety, right? We have road courses, short tracks, everything. Is there a track that stands out? Like I can't wait to get there or one that, man, I wish we weren't going to, I mean, you, everyone has their favorites. The last two I wish we hadn't gone to, <laughs> Kentucky and, and Loudon for sure, I've just not been very good at and, and haven't enjoyed. Um, that, that's why I said I was so shocked to even run as well as we did on Sunday. It wasn't a win, but it was a heck of a lot better than my prior trips have been up there. So, um, you know, those, those tracks like that just don't seem to fit me and kind of how I like to drive. Um, but, yeah, it went, went a little better this weekend, so... You know, the, the next one that I see that, that has been a, a, a struggle probably more than some others is, is Indy. Indy has just not yeah. been very good to me. Um, for whatever reason, I, I felt like coming into the Cup Series and racing some Xfinity, I'm like, man, I've, that's a cool track that I really felt like would suit how I like to drive the corner. And it has just not at all done that. So it's been uh, it's so frustrating, too, because Dad was so good there. Um, yeah, I wanted to wanted to go there and be good, and that has not been the case. So when you say how you want to drive, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I think some guys like to use a lot of brake. Some guys don't. Um, I feel like I'm kind of in the category of not using a lot of brake, and um, you know, your corner is kind of shifted back some. You know, some guys like to shift their corners further around. I like to kind of keep mine early. Um, and everyone's a little different. And Indy, I feel like, is a place the straightaways are really long. So if you can make the straightaways a little bit longer than the next guy, you're probably going to go faster than he is. But that has not worked out for me there. For Just to reason. be clear, you're, you're, you're a lot of break. I know. So I, we, I, I was wondering if no, you no, knew. No, yeah. so now we where were, were you, talking about this no. during the race. So right. we, me, and, me and Jeff like New Hampshire because you charge the corners there <laughs> so hard. Yeah. Really, it suits people who like to overdrive their cars. And you're right about... Indy, Indy's a racetrack where if you can back the corner up and lift mm -hmm. earlier and get the gas sooner, you make the straightaway longer. Yeah. And, uh, and and I never really liked Indy because I couldn't, I wasn't good at backing the corner up. I wanted to charge the corner. I tried to make the straightaway longer by driving in the corner deeper. <laughs> there you go. On the other end. It's longer that way too, right? That is very true. Very true. Oh. Very true. making my head hurt just talking about it like that. Oh, oh my goodness. It, well, we we talk about racing. Let's talk about some things that you 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 got going on outside of your race car, and and we saw some of it on the um, intro to the show. You flying around in your plane, and yeah. to me, 
Um, I was an introvert. I wouldn't, I, I didn't do things like that. You're really ambitious. Got your pilot's license. You fly up and da- uh, uh, from Dawsonville to Charlotte pretty much every week to the meetings yeah. for the for the competition meetings at HMS. Going to Europe on vacations. Uh, what yeah. what drives you like to be doing all this and going experiencing all this so young? I don't know. I just uh, you know the the flying stuff. I think comes from kind of stems from dad and and his interest in flying. Uh, you know, growing up around it, and I remember being a kid and you know going and flying with him and always kind of. It was always kind of a thing, and you know, we were very lucky for that. And he raced and had a great career and had some planes and things to go fly. So I was lucky because of that. And uh, as I got older and got more involved and, and the racing thing was becoming more serious and uh, my not-so-much-love for the state of North Carolina and my love for Georgia, wanting to live at home, you know, that that's a big piece of being able to live there. And yeah, so is it real convenient for you to f- to shoot them up to the competition meeting yeah. and then fly back home. Yeah, man, it's no great. It's no. like driving down the I-77. Yeah, I mean, my, my flying time is probably about the same as it was for you to drive exactly. drive back home. <laughs> exactly, and it yeah. is This time not, of day, I bet it's quicker for you. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah exactly. So, you know, I think that that to me is, is a big piece of the flying side. But as far as traveling around, I don't know. When you're young and you're doing stuff, I feel like you might not, when you get older, you might not want to go to Europe, you know, and might not want to go do these things with your buddies and, um, you know, being young and having opportunities to go do these things, I feel like you need to take advantage of them because you don't really know how the future is going to lay out. And if you have a chance to go do something that you want to go do, then go do it. I like yeah, that approach. I do too. I, I wasn't, What's I, the next one you plan? I mean, you got to you gotta, I wanna go here? or Yeah, I, the next one for me that I really want to do is Australia, but Australia is a lot of, lot of work and a lot of time. Yeah. You know, the travel there is ridiculous. You know, you're talking – basically a day in an airplane and then you lose a day with the way the time works. You need two weeks while you're there. You need two weeks to go. And the only time I can do that is in the off season. Um, And honestly, to get... Larson goes over there and runs midget cars in New Zealand and so forth. You can just hitch on the ride with that. Yeah, yeah. so I don't know. might ask him (laughs) how he does it. it. (laughs) Travel agent Dale Jr. See, there you go. That's all you need to know. So as we continue, we're going to get more questions more personal information. If you've been watching the show for a while, you know that we like to learn about our guests, and we have a pretty entertaining way to do that. We'll put Chase on the hot seat for a game of rapid fire. Coming up next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back to NASCAR America. Winsdales. It's weird for me to say that. I don't know why. It's weird for me, too, so it yeah. was my own name would be even more awkward. <laughs> so one of the things that we like to do, and we're going to do this early in the show, is rapid-fire questions. Let me explain the questions of rapid-fire. You told me this was at the end. No. no. We're well, moving wait, wait, it to the tell front. Tell them why. Okay. Tell them why we moved yes, it. We did we're moving it to the front because last week you it was so that. good with Kyle Busch. Okay. And the question is rapid-fire, but we may expand on your answer just mm, a little okay. bit. All right, good. Uh, first race you remember going to with your dad? I remember going to with my dad. I, there, you know, you would know kind of how this is, but like when you're little and you're going to the races every week, man, like I don't remember one. All blurs together. Yeah, like I remember pieces of weekends. What's the first one you recall, like you have this mental image. Mental. Like I know what you mean. I've been to races before, yeah. but uh, the one thing I remember having a mental in- image was was for some reason qualifying at, at um, 1982 at Bristol. Yeah, I mean uh, Charlotte. So I remember being in a suite watching qualifying, and I don't yeah. know why, but 
See, like in my mind, like I don't have them like time yeah. timed out. Like I remember things, you know, vaguely. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I remember like part of the days, you know, they dad won the Brickyard 400. Like I remember like a few things that from that. I was real young. I mean, I was like, what, seven? Yeah, I don't remember anything from that. Or something like that. Year. But like, like <laughs> you, yeah. spotty things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. really weird in my mind. It make no sense. Make no All sense. All right. Well, he's closer to seven than we are, just for the record. I don't so. remember. I don't, I don't remember That's anything. Very I mean, maybe he still remembers. I don't remember anything from seven. Okay, well. Do you? No. Yeah. I don't remember anything from yesterday. Oh, well. <laughs> Who was stricter growing up, your mom or your dad? Ooh, I feel like, I feel like they were both pretty even killed, and here's why, because... Dad follows mom's mm. lead. Oh, you can't disagree with mama. Correct. Oh, right. That's what I've been told. Correct. Yeah. On that. So, you know, the law that she laid down, it was going to be reciprocated on the What happens end. if you come home with a bad grade? What does Bill Elliott say? Go talk to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, was mom's, what, what was mom's go-to punishment? Go-to punishment? It would just depend on how, what kind of age range you're talking about. But, I mean, it, it could be like... You know, no video games. I mean, I don't know. It could just depend. What if you, know, you did something now that made her mad? Well, I don't know. <laughs> See, that's a good question. I try not to make her mad. That's the goal. The next vacation you want to take is, we talked about uh, Australia. Is there anywhere else we you did. want to go? We talked about that. Um, you haven't been? Where was? The, where did y'all go uh, this past? Yeah, what was the last one? You went somewhere. Scotland Europe. or somewhere? We went to Ireland. Ireland? Ireland. Yeah, yeah, I went to Ireland. Um, honestly, Australia is kind of the... As far as worldwide yeah. travel, that'd be the next new place I think I want to go. I had uh, pub and New jealousy. Zealand. I had pub jealousy of that. This will be. You guys had all the pub pictures <coughs> in there hanging of, out. I, so say you say you know I'm gonna ask this question, but imagine you're not a race car driver and that didn't that didn't happen. What are your job skills outside of racing? My job. You presented skills. that hypothetical uncomfortably. Like, why? Just imagine you can't drive. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like, oh, I'm just saying. what are your job skills outside of driving race cars? Like, if you <sighs> think of yourself, what would your job be? I mean, considering I didn't go to college, and I, but I have spent a lot of time flying and and going through oh, the schooling yeah. to fly. Yeah. I mean, that I didn't go to college, but that is sometimes. Would of you schooling. be a commercial pilot, or would you fly around? That's a good question. You know, I thought I've actually thought about that some, and you know the the pros and cons. If I may, may I? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The pros and cons of commercial piloting is you know your schedule, and that's really nice. If you fly for somebody, if they want to take off and go somewhere, well, you're going. Yeah, like Jimmy Johnson. Right. Yeah. So if you fly to Aspen today, like, <laughs> like you going to Aspen? You know. Jimmy's like, hey, you know what? I feel like going to Aspen. Let's, Let's fire up the plane. Here we go. The mountain bikes in the Everybody back. pack a bag. Which is, which is awesome. Like yeah. if, if if you're Jimmy, if you're or your <laughs> or your best buddies with Jimmy. Yeah. You know, like so. You know what I learned right there? What's that? That my backup plan isn't very good. No. No, like I'm gonna change oil at the dealership or something. That was gonna be a pilot. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was gonna I be a conservative. Like mechanic. I need to work on my backup well, plan. Hey. Gosh. All right. Uh, if you could fly a plane today, like any plane, what would it be? Any plane. Yeah. Any plane that's gonna get me from point A top to point of, B. What's the top of the list? Like dream plane. Like if you have a dream car you want to drive, what's the dream plane <sighs> to fly? G I mean, geez. Fighter. You know, well, the, you flew yeah, like fighter, the fighter, right? fighter jets would be. Cool, yeah. but like you talk about the logi when you, you, logistics of a fighter jet, like you you're not getting anything in it, and they don't have a whole lot of gas. Like you only get one person with so you, and happened. I don't know that I can pick one person to take. So did they let you? Um, probably something big. You know, I didn't get to fly. Did you have any kind of urge to take control of the plane? I did. Point? I did want to fly, um, but obviously, you know, he 
We, you know, lots of rules. Yeah. Did you have rules. a G suit on? I did. Did you yeah. pass out? Did not pass out. Did you come close? I I saw the thing. I yeah. saw the tunnel <laughs> closing up That's one time. Terrible feeling. And, and I had to I had to tap out. I was like, hey brother, like stop. We're, I'm about a half inch in my eyes from not making. It. Did you throw? I up? know what's next. I didn't throw up. Did not no. throw up. Is that on YouTube? Can we watch sometime? Well, unfortunately, you can't see from the inside of my eyes, but I'm sure that's on there. Somewhere. We can see your head. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I agree. No, no, that, it, it never got that bad. It never got that bad. No. Like, I flew with the Blue Angels, and I think I passed out. Yeah. I didn't throw up, though. One word to describe your teammate, William Byron. Describe my teammate, William Byron, precise. I would say he is a really? precise individual. I wouldn't have expected that. He is, man. He's, he's, well, maybe diligent would be a better word, because he is very, he's a very diligent person. He pays a lot of attention to what everybody says. And he's a learner. He is, uh, you know, he's very committed to being better and, and doing a good job for his team. And, and uh, he takes care of people and treats people, you know, very kindly. But he, he's very diligent in his work and he, so, he does a lot of studying. When I see you guys going on vacations and hanging out with your friends, haven't seen him yet, what's he got to do to get in the circle? He, man, he can be in the circle. The thing is, the thing is, we've invited him yeah. to come hang out with us. But I think, I, I don't know if we're like, too crazy? I don't know. I don't know. He's old enough to be in the circle. He's, he's old I mean, enough to hang out. Come he on. is old enough yeah. to hang out. I just don't know. He thinks y'all are t- too wild. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not well, I don't know that for sure. I mean, he might be too cool. He might be he might be above us, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. In all honesty. Because we're not very cool. So So this, this is uh, a softball question everybody asks, but I was amazed by Kyle, so I'll ask you. If you could race any race. Not running cup anymore. Sports car, any car, where do you, where would you, what race do you want to compete in? And that's a great question. I mean, there's so many cool things to go do, but you know, I, I have, uh, I think the some type of racing in the dirt world, I think would be cool oh, really? to yeah. go do. Yeah. Have you ever, you've done some dirt racing. I raced right? a little bit of dirt late models, like, like just a handful of times, but never, never consistently, but something in that region, I, I think will be fun to go do just such a different you know, the way their schedules work and racing on different, you know, multiple nights a week and, you know, just such a different dynamic. I think that would be pretty cool. I've, I've been more in the asphalt world. So How, how you ran on Eldora? I never ran Eldora. never ran Eldora. No, I missed that. All boat. right. So, so we had a great debate last week, right? Should, should Cup be running dirt? I don't think so. I mean, I, I just. That's a good answer. Well, <laughs> you're team Burton. I would, I'm team Burton as well. I agree with that answer. Listen, it would be fun to watch. But I just don't know that, I don't know, just part of me does not think that that would feel right, you know, but, but maybe, maybe it is the right thing to go do. You know, if it, it would be fun to watch, be entertaining as hell. I would definitely, uh, I mean, if I was outside looking in, I'd watch it for sure. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. You got some pretty, this will be the last one. You got some pretty uh, good sponsors right now, but when you were a kid, did you have a dream sponsor? A dream When you're sponsor. young and you're daydreaming. Wait, wait, did you have one? Because yeah. you must have. You ask a question. When you're young and you're daydreaming about your life a, as a successful a race car driver. To, I just wanted have, to be here. What I was yours? Mine was A1 Steak Sauce. <laughs> A1 Steak Sauce. <laughs> That's outstanding. That I like awesome. the colors. A, so look at the colors. Look at the font. That A1. Imagine that for a number. 
be pretty cool. That would be killer, yeah. actually. Gold, look at what we he learned. He put some serious thought <laughs> into the A1. <laughs> these yeah, shows no, are not supposed smart. to learn about you and the guest, I but what know. ends up happening is we learn all these really weird things about him. That is true. He's, he's well, a you know how particular individual. I am, and you know how particular I, I am about paint schemes. Oh, yeah. So, and A1. You didn't have a dream. It's a good thing. You didn't have, like, this, you know, Coors or anything when you are Coors would be absolutely killer. It really would. I mean, yeah. think about that. Yeah. You know, that be able to replicate dad's well, old car. That would be cool. Yeah. I'll jump on that band. All right. A1. Who knew? A1. A1. All right. Well, coming up, I am going to step out of the picture, take a nice little break while you guys continue to work. So uh, we're going to put our drivers only meeting. Chase Elliott, Jeff Burton, Dale Jr. There's no telling what they could come up with. popular guy in our sport is going to be Chase Elliott for a long time. I think Chase Elliott's the next most popular driver. I see the most Chase Elliott shirts. I think it's Chase Elliott's to lose. If not, um, I'd say they're dropping the ball. I think he's obviously super popular. His dad was really popular for a long time as well. I can see where the fans kind of latched on to Chase, and obviously, even though he hasn't won yet, it's it's right there. We're gonna have to deal with him for a long time. It'd be a great honor to have. Um, if it if it happens, then you know that, that that'll be uh, you know that'd be great. Otherwise, be happy for whoever it goes to. Back again with Wednesday's edition of NASCAR America. You heard yourself talking about the uh, most popular driver award. But think about it. Like, if you win that award after the history of your father winning it for so many years, that would be an incredible feeling. Yeah. Um, it would. It would for sure. I mean, you're obviously, uh, you know, the, the one to talk to you on that. But It's kind of weird for me to be asking you about it. <laughs> well, yeah. And, it, and it's honestly it's weird to, to watch the, you know, the thing leading up about it. It's just such a weird thing to talk about. And yeah. it's like, you know, my – my team and the folks amongst our circle, like I, I even have a hard time like promoting it because that's not something that like I don't even like talking about it because that's not something that you should be put you don't have you shouldn't have to push that. Yeah. Like people pull for you want to pull for. And I don't know. I'm I'm weird about it, but I just don't enjoy, you know, pushing it out via social channels and like, hey, go vote sure. for me because I don't know, that's just not the right award to be pushing you know yeah i mean you don't go out on social media and 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 advertise for people to vote for you it's just weird but people do you know want to see you succeed and there's a lot of fans that really support you in this sport and they supported your father all through his career and so that legacy i think uh ties you back to the history of the sport you got to feel a lot of responsibility and pressure you know, to, to sort of carry that legacy, them fans of the past having that expectation of you yeah. to be successful. Well, then I, I think more than anything, more than them, I want to do good because right. I want to do good, you know? So I think that, you know, obviously my dad's success over the years, and I think people latched on with him because they could relate with him. You know, they did a lot with little. And, um, you know, I certainly have a lot of pride in, in my name because uh, my family does have a lot of history within racing, you know, beyond my dad, you know, my uncle was, you know, both my uncles were very involved in the racing and my grandfather and the whole thing. So I, I do, I, I have a lot of pride in wanting to carry that forward and do them a good job and kind of keep the Elliott name in racing going and doing something decent. And, 
um, more than decent. I want to be good. Yeah. And and um, you know, like like I've said before, I appreciate people's support to this point. But man, I just want to go and do them a good job. Earn it. You know, and earn that. So do you realize, and I know you're in the race car driving, but have people told you the fan reaction when you take the lead? Because I, it's nuts. I mean, people, when you take the lead, we saw it this past weekend, the Martinsville, when you and Denny had that deal. I mean, the fans, when you take the lead, man, it's big. Like, the, the place erupts. At Talladega, the place yeah. erupted. Have you been told about that? I, I have not until this past weekend. Somebody uh, sent me a video of it, and honestly, I was taken back by it because, um, I don't know, you just don't, I mean, obviously, I can't see that, sure. you know. So, um, I don't know. I, I I was unaware of it as to as the kind of the excitement that, that people had about us, you know, having a good run up there. But um, I don't know. That that is so cool to hear. But it it's just so weird. I was just taken back by it, and you know, by no means really expected it. But um, I don't know. Like, like you know, Dale and I were talking about. You just want to earn that, yeah. and that, that's yeah. something you want to earn, and and uh, be able to carry forward the right way. I was oblivious to a lot of the fan reaction and, and support for so many years because it's you're right, you're in the car, and a lot of times you don't mm -hmm. see exactly what's going on. But you mentioned the uh, run-in with Denny. Well, that really, you know, from from outside looking in, I know what it might have been like for you, and you can, you can talk about that if you want, but from the outside looking in, that was a big moment of transition for fans. Yeah. Um, they... It seemed like from that moment on, it really kind of, uh, you know, brought a lot of fans into cheering for you, pulling for you. And ever since then, we've seen this huge rise in popularity for you. It was a big question, I think, of who would be the most popular driver. And I think that since that moment, yeah. it's actually separated you from the pack. Um, the way you handled that, I think, was really interesting and, and um, kind of, you know, going forward, how do you handle driver run-ins like this? Yeah. Do you learn from this? Is it something you pulled from the way your dad dealt with it? I don't really know. You know, I. It's very circumstantial, and and all those circumstances can be different. But I don't know. The way that I approached the deal last fall was, you know, obviously I wasn't happy about it, but, you know, and and rightfully so I felt like. But, you know, the the big thing and you know, going on to the next one, you know, and, and racing forward, you know, that basically took me out of contention to make it to the final four. Yeah. And I kind of felt like if the 11 didn't make it to the final four, then it was fine at that yeah. point, you know, so. Um, so you, ra you race sort of like maybe eye for an eye. That's kind of the you way I saw that. Them, give you one back. That's kind of the way I saw yeah. that, yeah. So when you go home after that, because I know that as much as I'd like to say, you know, it happened and I dealt with the way I wanted to deal with it and I didn't worry about it, but I did. Like I would mm -hmm. go home after something like that and I wouldn't sleep. Yeah. It, I mean, are you like that or can you shut it off? I don't know. I, you know, I felt like I shut it off okay, you know, throughout, throughout the weeks. And I think, like I said, I think the big one was, you know, that kept me from the final four. Phoenix kept him from the final yep. four. And, you know, from that point in time, I think the, you have to look at what, what matters and the on-track performance is really what, matters and he the way that night went took me out of a shot to win not only a race but to advance to homestead and that was a big deal and and what could have been that night certainly made me very mad but you know like i said if he had an opportunity to go to race for championship then i didn't either so i watched the race at phoenix and i was steve and i both made comments in the in the booth like 
Denny, you just need to get out of the way. <laughs> like, this guy's mad at you. And were you surprised that he was racing you? I mean, yeah, I was pretty surprised, you know, because at that point in time, I don't know that it would have helped his cause, uh, for the record, <laughs> but um, I was surprised just because, you know, at that point in time, I, whoever it was he was racing, I think the two had had an issue. Yep. And he wasn't, you know, even close to him, you know? So, so yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, he, he probably didn't know that at that point in time, but, you know, even if he had let me go, I'm not sure that that would have, would have fixed his problems, but, um, but yeah, so the ultimately, you know, if somebody runs in with you to the extent that that was two, they have to realize that you're on the track with them the next week. Yeah. And ultimately I can hinder and stop something good <laughs> from happening to you. And I certainly would. If, if you, if, it, if you don't get that opportunity in Phoenix, do you still like, you know, you got that, you got that guy you got to get him back and you're not settled Absolutely. until you can get him back. No, if, yeah, if it's two years down the road. There's you no want doubt. It, you got to even I think, the score. I think you do it when it matters. It run it, for me. It it festers, and I never forget it until I can even the score somehow, some way. Yeah, I think to this point, it's I have had I haven't had an issue with him, you know, all year. Um, and I think he would tell you the same thing, you know, just because I felt like it was, you know, we got to got to Homestead. We actually raced against each other a good bit at Homestead down there, but. Um, isn't yeah. that nice, like when you can, you, you know, you both kind of run over each other a little bit and then you go somewhere and you actually get to race together and you get out and go, hey, okay, that's how we, that's how we I mean, yeah, race going forward. And it was fine because yeah. neither one of us were, <laughs> were in the deal. But, yeah, but yeah I, think you, I think you have to treat it that way. And, and if not, you're going to get run over. And that's, yeah. just a, that's just the facts. And people take advantage of you. And, um, you know, I, I think the big thing is, especially being young, you know, younger, um, you know, people – that might rub you the wrong way or whatever, I think you have to kind of establish that, you know, you're not going to back down to whatever they got going on. So do you like the way it works in NASCAR? Because basically the way it works in NASCAR is unless something major, major, major happens, they let you handle it. They, mm -hmm. let, they say, all right, drivers, you, you deal with it. Do you like it like that? Or do you think NASCAR should get into judging how people got wrecked? No, no. I, I think that you leave it amongst the racers for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's, yeah, I mean, First off, you don't want that to be a judgment call from the tower anyway, because no one in the tower understands what's going on on the racetrack to that extent. Yep. So at the end of the day, only the drivers know the situation and know exactly what, what was going on. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that's got to be handled on the track. And, and I think that's why you see some guys race better with certain people and some guys don't enjoy racing with other people because of how they get raced and, and it rubs them the wrong way. Cool. Well, you talked about being young. Uh, but you're going through all these experiences and it's maturing you at a rapid pace. And with the changes of drivers and the driver lineup at Hendrick Motorsports, you're not the youngster anymore and yeah. you're not the rookie anymore. So do you feel like you feel pretty good about being the veteran? What are you doing uh, to help these guys like William Byron and Alex kind of mold and fit into this Hendrick way? They're kind of, it's kind of <laughs> like being part of the Patriots, man. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't, for me, you know, I'm not going to change who I am or, or my role over there to, uh, to anything because I feel like, oh, I'm, you know, been here the second longest, you know, because yeah. that's just. But you got to be able to give him advice. And, ah, man, I, I really don't. You got to help William, man, get his, here's make the, his way here's here, the man. Thing. Here's Body the thing. Here's the thing about <laughs> yeah. yeah, other than that. But here's the thing in the way I look at that. You know, both of those guys are very good at what they do. They wouldn't be in the positions they're in if they didn't have talent. You know, William winning his championship and doing the great things that he's done the past couple of years. Um, there is nothing that I'm going to tell either one of those two guys that they don't already know how to do. And and I think a lot of it is is coming into some comfortability, being comfortable. It's comfortability. I don't know if that's a word, 
But uh, words on this show. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. So being comfortable around your team and your crew chief and getting that dialogue and getting that, you know, level of, hey, he knows what I want. And when I say this, he knows what I'm talking about. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, that that William and Alex are probably getting better at as the year goes along. I think that's a very important thing. But as far as driving the car, you know, they know how to do all the big yeah. stuff and the small stuff you can't tell somebody how to do anyway. And, and they know how to do that stuff too. So they're, uh, they'll be just fine. Well, Dale Jr. and I have had our chance to ask questions, but stick around with us because you the fans questions are coming up next and I can't wait to hear what they are. <laughs> Pictures. Uh, all right, so we have some fan questions. We're going to jump right in. So Caitlin wants to know, I'm curious to know why Chase Elliott goes by Chase and not William. Why? Clyde. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, uh, you know, y'all all know my real name, but. Uh, what is it? No. William Clyde. Yeah. William Clyde Elliott knows. II. I was going to oh, say, he wouldn't know. even say it. Yeah. You know. Chase, I've always gone by Chase. <laughs> this yeah. is what I've always gone by. I've never gone by William or Never, nobody anything. back home calls you William I think for a long time um, I don't even know if I knew that my name was William <laughs> right so. yeah nobody called me Ralph but Amy does Amy calls me. that's the way I know you know in trouble like, so Ralph listen. like trouble it's time to or listen just, it's always Ralph that's just time to listen no matter time what to listen. Yeah. Yeah. very good all right so now we have Lishy what is the strangest thing a fan has asked you to sign uh still to this day I, I had a a person sent me a box of cranberries and uh <laughs> to autograph yeah That's i guess outstanding i guess i wonder what the connection is to sign strange yes it, no i'm pretty sure they wanted them back i i thought that wow. they had a return stamp to get them back Man. so um, you, how about you you're the, yeah. the i can't top that driver i cannot well, so what's the, weirdest? <laughs> what's the weirdest um how about the tattoos i've seen people hey sign here i'm gonna yeah, get yeah. a tattoo all right so i will and and uh, you're going to get this if you haven't already. I'm sure you have. Uh, so people ask you to autograph their skin for a oh, tattoo, man. and it never turns out right no. because a pen doesn't do well, a Sharpie oh. doesn't write well. You know, it always looks all messed up. So I say, hey, you know, if you really want to do that, it's not my decision whether you get that tattooed on your body or not, but I write it on a piece of paper. I say, give this to your artist, and that they way it'll look better. Out. Yeah. He, he's gonna, yeah they have a, a tracing good, tool? At the- that's a good idea because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had that a couple times, and you're just... Like even when you do a good job, you can't. You can't do it perfect. Yep. You know, like you want it to be on. Yeah. yeah. If you really want to do this, I've only had that a couple times, but I want it to look good. But yeah. So I like. Listen, Steve asked a good one. So right here, considering the finish at New Hampshire, how in the world do you know when to make your move, so the victim, the person you've moved out of the way, doesn't have enough time to come back and get you? Well, I think if you want to know how to do it, you go rewatch the race on Sunday. I mean, that was that was pretty well done. It was. It was well done, and, and frankly, I don't think that it was anything that wouldn't have been done if the shoe was on the other foot. You know, I think that Kyle would have wanted by Kevin, you know, just as bad in and, and those situations. And first off, you know, they run out of laps, and, you know, 
Kevin was better than Kyle was. You know, Kyle was probably holding him up. When they went out of sight for me, I know that the four was faster. I could tell that. Um, so I don't know. If you're going to do it, go watch this race right here because he did it. He didn't wreck him. And uh, he didn't have enough time yeah. to get back to him. If, so. if he doesn't do that, there's another thing too, and, and you'll, you'll, you can explain on this. It, when you're following a guy, even though your car might be faster, you're working yeah. that right front tire. Yes. And there's going to be a point when you're out of time. You're out you're of no time. Faster. And you start to lose speed. Yep. So he knows he's got limited time to get that done. He yeah. doesn't know when that balance is going to change it for his car. And, and you can't, yeah. it was raining, and you can't, you know, control lap traffic. You know, guy might let him go in the right spot, and then you being in second, not get the same lane or not get the preferred groove. Yeah. And heck, when you get inside of somebody, you're at their mercy when they're on your outside yeah, as to how tight they want to crowd you. I don't know so, if he could have made the pass cleanly. It would too hard to do. You want the win, go get it. Hey, I'm a big fan of when drivers take. So this one is for Dale Jr., but I'm going to ask everyone, so be ready for your answer. Dale Jr., Larry wants to know, how hard is it to keep your language PG during the broadcast? Because during the podcast, he knows you get a few beeps, but yeah, during yeah, the yeah. broadcast, you're good. So far, so good. Um, <laughs> That's a qualifier, so just in case. So far, so good. No okay. mistakes. All right. Um, we had Kyle say the you know say a word, bad word on the show last week or week before, uh, Mr. Petty. Um, <clears throat> he probably appreciates you bringing that up again. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we don't say two, I think one we one, one we get, get one mulligan each so, show. So how do you keep each that show? Mean? Yeah. That's a a mulligan a show. That's a lot. Like, hey, no. Did you just see us relax right there? Chase was like, oh, I get one bad word, yeah. I'm good. Uh, How about in the car? So, so he's avoiding the question on the broadcast. He's happy he's done I it. I came close to so, saying so it. Yeah. How about in the car? Like, because we, I mean, do you know everybody's listening? I mean, you know yeah. that everyone's listening, but you care that everyone's listening. Man, I, I have to be pretty frustrated to, to really drop them regularly. <laughs> I was going to say, I've never heard really any call yeah. for language out of you. I, I, I will occasionally, but man, that's when you know I'm I don't even living. think I've heard you cuss too much just in conversation. Yeah, I, I don't a lot. Yeah, you you don't. know, it just kind of depends, yeah. but I think a lot of it's when I'm fired up. That's mm -hmm. typically when it well, th out. There you have it. He's done a good job, and Burton, he never cusses, so. Yeah, right. Oh, quiet. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave that one there. Coming up, We'll take a trip back in time and find out what took place exactly 25 years ago today. Here's a hint. It was a race that was won by one of our panel's fathers. The answer straight ahead. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Coming up next, after we're done, it's a NASCAR Touring Series doubleheader from New Hampshire Motor Speedway. At 6 Eastern, it's the K&N Pro Series East. And at 7, the Wheeling Modified Tour hits the magic mile. You don't want to miss it. This day in NASCAR history takes us to Talladega 25 years ago today. Dale Earnhardt took the race lead from Kyle Petty with four laps to go. In a thrilling finish, Earnhardt edged Ernie Irvin at the stripe by just five one-thousandths of a second. It's about six inches, Steve. Bill Elliott, who started on the pole, finished 11th. At the time, this was the closest finish in NASCAR history. It has since been broken. Who would have thought five thousandths yeah. could have easily been broken? All right, coming up, we got some shout-outs. We're gonna give shout-outs to a lot of the people that we think deserve them. Plus, we'll see the absolute greatest that comes from an eight-year-old boy's imagination.
live in the beautiful Pocono Mountains today. The green flag waves and we are underway. Joey Logano is gone and he checks out. comes down to this last exit off turn number three. As they come down to the line, Byron makes a move, nosing out Kyle Busch, the veteran driver. William Byron will win the Gander Outdoors 400. All right, that was our first shout-out of the day. That boy's actually 10 years old, not eight. <laughs> okay. So I don't want Jackson to be upset with me. Um, That's six, cool stuff, though. Yeah. Awesome. I've seen a lot of the stop-motion races on YouTube, and I think uh, Jackson ranks right up there with some of the best. Yeah, the, uh, what is it, cotton ball smoke Cotton ball the smoke is, I mean, yeah. That's a big deal. I mean, Creativity there is amazing. So the rest of our shout-outs, we're all going to get one. All right. My shout-out is to uh, the Danger Summer in Pocono Raceway because Saturday night we're going to have a concert. Mm -hmm. uh, these are, these guys, this is my favorite band, one of my favorite bands. They're going to come. I was not invited. You are invited. Oh, that's not true. Everyone's invited. Uh, right invited. I am now. So <laughs> I am. if you're at the track, come on out. If you're uh, if if you don't have even if you don't have a ticket, ten bucks for a car load. Fill up your car. Bring all your friends. Ten bucks. Saturday night. Ten bucks. That's good Can't value. You, you can go. get twenty people. You're you know, officially yeah. invited. If you get twenty people in the suburban, bring them. Ten bucks. <laughs> Burton. That's a great rule. Like so that. you know, IMSA racing is coming to NBC Sports next year, and the coolest story so far this year. Is 25-year-old Michael Johnson. Johnson was paralyzed when he was 12 years old from the waist down, motorcycle wreck. And last weekend at Lime Rack Park, he scored his first pro win in the Continental Tire Series. That is exceptionally cool. That's, Check him out, man. Very cool. That is never quitting right there. That's awesome. Overcoming all well. You're talking about overcoming all odds. Mine comes from the Tour de France. So you want to know how tough cyclists are now this how guy. about right here this is crazy right <laughs> this Breaks. is philippe gilbert he ah. goes straight over down the, the ravine climbs back up gets on his bike gives you a thumbs up like everything's fine That's this creep. guy rides 37 more miles finds out after the stage that oh by the way he has a fractured kneecap i mean that's crazy talk about tough uh, I'm out. I mean, I, I look for any excuse to get off the bike, so I would have quit for sure <laughs> at that point. But how about you, Chase? You got any shout-outs? Um, yeah, I was thinking just all the folks that stuck around uh, on Sunday. Man, that was yes. a, a nasty afternoon. Um, I appreciate everybody staying to watch. I know it wasn't ideal. I can tell you one thing. It took some commitment because Friday and Saturday, there was a 100% chance of rain on right. Sunday up there. So uh, glad to see that. Those folks stuck around to see what I thought was a, a good race. Yeah, I'm glad, we had, race. I'm glad we got it in because it was an awesome race, and I'm with you, man. There was one point around 3.30 I thought it, we weren't racing that yeah. yeah. NASCAR stayed committed, and so that's pretty cool. So thanks for everybody joining us today at the Big Oak Table. Chase, appreciate you coming on board, man. Thank Join you. Join us anytime. NASCAR America is back tomorrow at 5 Eastern to get to, you know, we'll get you ready for Pocono and stay tuned. Canaan Pro Series and the Modifieds from New Hampshire are up next. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.